The Z-Ball podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball podcast and a special COVID-19 quarantine edition of the Z-Ball podcast. Uh, taping this on a Saturday afternoon here in Southern California. Um, haven't done a podcast in about two months now. And then also haven't uh, had our guest that we're going to have on today in about over four months. So it's, it'll be good to hear from him. Uh, obviously today we're going to be discussing the return of the NBA at the ESPN's worldwide uh, sports uh, facilities in Orlando, Florida, Disney World. It's slated to start on July 31st. Teams are slated to report to that location on July 12th, I believe. But uh, I guess before we get into all that, uh, let me introduce our guest today. Uh, He needs no introduction really to our podcast. He's a very uh, common guest. Akshay joining us from Dallas, Texas. How you doing, Akshay? Yo, Zishan, what's up, bro? I'm doing pretty well, actually. Uh, it's good to be back. You know, this is the uh, whole coronavirus thing going on out there. You know, you know, things are scary, man. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, at least now it seems to be like a sort of break uh, with the whole situation. Hopefully it stays that way for some time, but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, good. it's definitely good to be back. Okay, yeah, I mean, we haven't had you on in over four months. I think the last time you were here, we were discussing Super Bowl 54, where the Chiefs beat the Niners. And we haven't had you on since. So just kind of just uh, tell us, like, how have you been doing? I mean, with the whole cor- coronavirus situation, what's your kind of, like, work situation? How's your life changed? What have you been ha- doing to kind of uh, cope and stay uh, mentally sane? Well, dude, it's like, uh, you know, for... Uh for me, it's been kind of tough at times, you know. I mean, I still go to work. Um, I'm still going to work, uh, but but things at work have changed. Where it's like uh, the last three months or almost three months, yeah. Uh, we've been uh, uh, like as soon as I enter the hospital, I have to take off. Uh, they check my temperature uh, to make sure I'm not. I don't have a fever. I'm, I don't have any illness, and then uh, uh, they pretty much. Uh, yeah, once I pass that uh, that check, uh, then I can go to work, but I have to wear a band and all those sort of things. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's scary, dude, it, because poker thing is it's scary, but it's, it's also very sad because, uh, again, I know times I'm at the hospital, and uh, I remember a specific moment I was at the hospital working on one of the patient floors, and the nurses uh, all of a sudden say, okay, um, it bring it bring up the body bag, um, and then I knew exactly what happened. You know, there was a patient there that had coronavirus and just passed away. Literally, when I was up on the floor fixing another issue, so it's it's like um, that sort of hits you, you know, when that's when that happened, and it's like, wow, I'm really here when this is happening. It's sad, man. 
it, it's very sad. Um, I mean, besides that, working from, um, I, I'm going to the hospital. Uh, I'm trying to keep myself safe. You know, I, I don't really go out. I still go out places. Uh, in the initial port, I stayed mostly in. Uh, but now I'm, I go out places, but I wear a mask. I'm, I always have like uh, some sort of like uh, uh, the liquid that sort of helps clean your hands. I have that um, with me at all times. I'm also watching what I'm touching, and then if I touch something, I'm not. I'm trying not to like touch my face. So, but other than that, it's like the same normal, the same normal procedures anybody would do. But it's like, but I guess it's working in hospitals. Like it's pretty, it kind of hits me more. But other than that, everything else is good. Okay, I mean that it's definitely good to hear from you and hear that you are, you have been safe throughout all this working at a hospital where it can be very tough. I mean emotionally, mentally, physically, from all all the standpoint. And then I mean shout out to all those people working at hospitals. I mean you Akshay, and then also all the doctors, nurses, uh, assistants, everyone. I mean shout out to them. I mean they're putting uh, their lives at risk while containing and trying to help patients out. Shout out to them. I mean, they, they're putting themselves in danger and doing a, a great service to our country. So, I mean, I guess uh, in regard to that, I guess before we get into the NBA stuff, obviously what's been kind of multiplied and kind of uh, added to the situation, the unrest, is all of the police brutality and the uh, racial injustice that the country has experienced with the, the Black Lives Matter movement, obviously the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd uh, all throughout the country, and then all the other ones that have been happening uh, throughout the years, uh, the social injustices. So what's kind of your whole, whole take on that? I mean, and all the protests and all the looting that's been going on the last week or two, and what's kind of your whole take, and have you been following the situations? Well, I mean, to be definitely honest with you, bro, it's, and all the people listening to this, it's this was something that I I I've been seeing for a long time with racism, and uh, especially one of the things that I was uh, before moving to Texas, one of the things I was very cautious about, and I I told my wife, it's like Texas is the South, it's not borderline South or the Deep South, but it, I mean, I'm sorry, it's not the Deep South, but it's like borderline South. And it's like uh, moving to Dallas, which is, uh, I would consider a purple city because it's not just a red city because Dallas is more liberal, especially if you're sitting on the city area, you know, it's liberal, we go outwards, then it tends to be more conservative. But uh, what's happening now is very sad. In my mind, you know, it's just a lot of discrimination going on and, it, 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 and, and people are showing their true colors, quite honestly. You know, I mean, especially with this old um, Abed Arbery, I mean, the guy was simply just running around the areas in Georgia, which I think is one of, the, like I said, and, I mean, there's a saying I say about the, the South, and that they, you might offend some people, but it might not, but the South, I think, is pretty much um, um, one of the dirtiest areas, in, in my mind, within 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 the United States, you know, because the amount of sleep, the amount of things that happen there, and a lot of things go unnoticed. And it it's it's not just Black Lives Matter; it's like all lives matter, all minorities matter. You know, and there was a case where what several odd years ago there was a 
and uh, an Indian grandfather. Um, uh, his son had moved there and bought a house and was working there. He came over from India, and uh, I guess he, according to the police, but said that he was looking inside people's houses, which I finally found. I find that very hard to believe, uh, knowing now what's happening with the police and all of that. Uh, apparently, one of the uh, the neighbors had called in the police about this guy, strange guy, looking around the neighborhood. And obviously, when you're not here, when you're not from here, and you're walking, especially on the sidewalk, I don't think he was coming looking at through the windows. But what I, if you recall, that uh, the police came and they picked him up and uh, really tossed him um, to the ground, basically hitting his neck. And the guy was literally in jail. Was uh, I think uh, in the hospital for a, a good amount of time, and nothing was, was done to that cop, and nothing major, you know. And now you see it now where it's like what's happening here with uh, Ahmed Arbery, who was shot, literally shot down, and killed like a slave, like like it did in the past. And that was in in my mind that's uh, it's uncalled for, and it's it's and then. Um, Especially in the state of Georgia, where Atlanta is one of the major cities in there, it is a major city in there, a major metropolitan city. I mean, that's pretty much why the state of Georgia even exists. Other parts of it is because the monetary, the monies that are made from the city of Atlanta, which is predominantly African American, you know. And then you have, I mean, it, it, there's so many situations everywhere. You know, it's. Uh, it's quite sad that this is happening in today's world, and I blame 100 percent on this on the current president. The current president Trump is he's not a president. He's not a presidential a presidential candidate. You know he's uh, he's he doesn't know what to do, what he's really doing. He takes the credit of other people's successes, and if he fails, he likes to blame everybody else. But nothing comes to himself. I mean, he could have come out and said, especially when Ahmed Arbery was uh, was murdered, he could have come out and said, hey, you know what, uh, he, he got addressed the nation and said, Dude, what happened was wrong, and uh, um, and, uh, and everybody has my fully support to figure out what this is and stop it. But he didn't do anything. He was probably in Florida at Mar-a-Lago um, golfing. You know, I mean, it's going to be like uh, just the other day when with the protests going on in Washington D.C., when the when people are protesting what what happened, the racial injustice in the nation, this guy is hiding in the White House bunker, and then he has to have his people come say, "Oh no, he went in the White House bunker for some other reasons." That's utter bullshit. <laughs> this Trump is a little SOB that's hiding, as that has to hide in the White House bunker, and then it's like just recently when the church in. Um, uh, Saint Apostle, I forget the name of the church. He went there. You mean literally in the riots, they have to have police block off the rioters so you can go there and hold uh, a Bible up in front of the church. I mean, Biden said it correctly. Uh, he said, if you open the Bible and if you read some, if you read what's in there, you might learn something about it. the Bible and learn how everybody's treated should be treated fairly. So, in in hindsight, I mean, I don't want to go on and try about this. But I think it comes down from the president. You know, I mean, it's other he comes from Britain. And yeah, I think, I think he's racist. I think he's always been a racist. And and whoever doesn't believe that, I say, you know what, you're a fucking fool for not believing that because he is a racist and he is contact and he is the reason why this country is acting this way. Because he's letting all these people come out and there's no um, 
mean, there's no, I mean, there's no, there's no rules. There's no rules in place. I mean, it's like you have um, all these uh, nutheads from the South, other area, North Carolina, and all that. They're coming out with guns and their shotguns, machine guns. They carry them around, walking into subway, Seven Eleven. It's like, dude, where's the police? That's what I strongly believe. One of my things, I, I know the, um, I think what it is, the Second Amendment, uh, the right to bear arms, but I don't believe in that. I think only police, military, and other people, and certain others um, can carry guns. The general public should not carry guns. Because half the people in the general public, their minds are not there. Their minds cannot care. Their minds are, their minds are also screwed up. They might use the gun to do something else to hurt other people. So, uh, I guess in hindsight, that's just all, all my thoughts, but bottom line, it's not a good time right now. And hopefully it gets better. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully it does. And then, I mean, going back to Trump, obviously his uh, n- narcissistic uh, personality and his racist thoughts definitely do not help. But, I mean, America has been a a place that has been racist far long before he even came. Mm-hmm. And exactly. he's definitely not helping helping the cause with his uh, narcissistic uh, agendas, his narcissistic attitudes. And his uh, demeanor and mannerisms when he comes on uh, and talks to the press and stuff. And then definitely uh, not qualified to be a president for sure in my mind. And just in regard to the current situation, uh, it's definitely a tragedy. And then it's definitely sad to see that uh, the people who are kind of looting these protests and stuff are taking away and should be ashamed of himself, taking away from the real cause of these protests, which is uh, nonviolent protest to combat and protest uh, uh, racial inequalities, uh, social injustice against black people in America. And I mean, black people are dying at the hands of uh, police officers who are sworn to protect and serve uh, these communities, but instead are... uh, using excessive force in these arrests and are not uh, uh, abiding by safe guidelines uh, when they transport prisoners and so forth and are instead using excessive force and in lots of instances killing uh, innocent uh, black people, male and female. So it's very tragic to see that. And if I might add something, uh, I hate to interrupt, but uh, if I might add something, it's not just like there's a there's a major difference between I think the public should know and I'm sure more people know that there's a major difference between looters and protesters. Protesters are protesting what's happening. Looters don't care. They're just yeah, looters looters should be ashamed of themselves because they're making the agenda about themselves. They're per- yeah. personally gaining from looting and uh, have their own personal agenda in mind, and in turn also they are taking away from the real cause of the protest and are being very selfish and taking away from the actual root cause of what what people are there for. And they should be absolutely ashamed of themselves and they have no business being there and messing up something that is a very crucial time for the country right now and could hopefully, as everyone um, hopes, is could start... A sort of uh, kind of historic movement in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Correct. No, no, I totally agree. There, there needs to be movement. There, there needs to be change. 
And the thing is, in a lot of people don't understand. They think African Americans are all the only ones looting. That's not true. No, definitely I not. I mean, I think I think uh, a lot of the looting, from what I heard, is uh, was being pushed and instigated by white supremacist white supremacist groups. But the looting, as far as it goes, I would I would uh, bet to imagine that. I mean, all types of nationalities, uh, people from all types of nationalities and ethnicities were looting, whether it be Asian, black, brown, Latino. Uh, I would bet to, that there were looters from all types of races. But from what I heard, it's, it was being instigated mainly by white supremacist groups. And obviously, we know the reason for that, to take away from the root cause and the specific cause of these protests, which is racial inequality, racial injustice, social injustice, uh, black people being killed at the hands of uh, police officers. So that's very sad and very uh, uh, very hurt, hurting. It hurts me a lot to see something like that in, uh, in our country. I agree. I totally agree. You know, I, just, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's very sad. It, what's happening during sad, especially with racism, stuff going on. It's, it's you know, it's just, it makes me very angry at times. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I'm always watching out for certain things when I go out and I see things. And it's just like, uh, it, if I can somehow prevent anything from happening, I will do so. But it's just, uh, it's very sad that it's still existing in this time, in this day, and in this sort of, like, in, the, in 2020, you know? It's just, it's sad. Yeah, definitely. And then, ho hopefully, I mean that all this stuff has taken place hopefully like i said earlier this can be kind of a tipping point uh kind of a historic um type time in america where things can change for the better and we can kind of look look back on this moment as kind of a changing of the guard so hopefully we we can see that moving forward exactly exactly Alrighty, i guess with that i mean before we sign off and talk about the NBA, uh, rest in peace to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all of the other black lives that have been lost at the hands of police officers and ra racial uh, inequalities and flat-out racism throughout our country. And hopefully uh, things can change for the better moving forward. Exactly. I hope so. All right, so now moving on, obviously, uh, the main reason why we are on this podcast today, the NBA Players Association has approved uh, the, uh, the resumation of the season, I mean, which was approved by 29 of the 30 owners. I mean, the only owner that I, I believe did not approve it was the owner of the Tra Portland Trailblazers. They were the only team that did not approve the proposed plan of approval to resume the, the NBA season. And then the NBA Players Association approved that as well. So currently what we know is that the NBA regular season is slated to return on July 31st in Orlando, Florida at the ESPN Wide World of Sports and Disney World. So 22 teams out of 30 have been invited back. Nine teams in the Eastern Conference. So the top eight teams... Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Indiana Pacers, Philadelphia 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, Orlando Magic, and then the Washington Wizards have also been invited back as well. So, And then on the Western Conference side, 
you obviously the top eight teams plus an additional five teams as well. So the Lakers at number one, the Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City Thunder, Houston Rockets, Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies, and then the five teams who are not in the playoff picture currently, Portland Trailblazers, New Orleans Pelicans, Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, and the Phoenix Suns. So what are your whole thoughts on this, Akshay? I mean, do you think it's a feasible plan from what they've laid out as far as um, playing all the games, uh, eight-game regular season to start off with at Disney World in Orlando, Florida? What, what do you think uh, about the whole proposal laid out by Adam Silver and the NBA? Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, I have to be honest. It's uh, Adam Silver and NBA, they're trying to bring back the season. You know, they're trying their best. Um, I mean, obviously, the teams play for uh, uh, for the uh, for the league, and the, the league wants to bring it up. If Richard wants it back, and hey, he's the boss, so everybody's got to follow, right? And then, but it's just, uh, I just think it's a little too soon, in my mind at least, because with the, with the way the coronavirus is still going, uh, yeah, I don't think it's hundred percent safe yet. But uh, but but you know, we have to go with what they. Um, with what they have concluded, you know, um, playing it in only in Disneyland, in Disney World, kind of makes me think that it's all about money for Disney. I mean, do they really care about the players? Do they care about what really happens, or is it is it all just for them for publicity uh, points of view? You know, I mean, that, that, that's a valid thing uh, people can say. In my mind, uh, I would think that's uh, that's correct, but. But then, I mean, let's see what happens. I mean, it's a, it's a wacky season with what happened. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that have to be looked at when the players start playing. What condition are the players in? You know, I mean, several players did have coronavirus, and, and some, you know, what I mean. And then here's another thing: it's like, how did they, how are they going to do testing with these guys? Are they all staying in the same hotels? You know, and passing day in and day out, and Within uh, Florida, um, within Disney World in Florida, it's like we don't know these things, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a shot. I would be. Uh, I mean, uh, I would take us. I would assume, I guess, that that uh, uh, the NBA and uh, its it, it, it's owners and the team owners would have taken would have already asked this question that I'm asking now. You know, it's uh, my only concern is that. Uh, if they are, if they don't do um, uh, a good testing procedures, uh, it's like if someone comes in with, with coronavirus on a player, and then they're just staying all they're working practicing all on the same facilities, and hey, you know that's it's going to spread again like like wildfire, you know. So I mean that's another risk you have to look at. But hey, you, I think they, did, I think they did their homework, and let's see what happens. Okay, yeah, I mean, definitely, obviously, uh, with this coming back, obviously, Adam Silver works for the 30 owners of the NBA, and then ultimately he, he answers to them, and then they kind of proposed a vote, and most of the owners voted to bring it back. And then the sentiment I get from the players' union, I mean, Chris Paul, the leader of the players' union, and all the relevant uh, kind of top players in the NBA is that they all want to get back and finish the season off, and uh, from all the like the top guys from LeBron to John Giannis Antetokounmpo and 
Anthony Davis and some of the other top NBA players. The sentiment that I get just in the news and on social media on Twitter is that they all want to get back and resume the season. And the proposal is to have all the teams uh, report on July 12th to the location in Orlando. And obviously, at this point, it will have been uh, four months since uh, the NBA last kind of conducted uh, any any games and any sort of uh, team practices or team scrimmages or anything like that. So that'll be kind of about a three-week, two-and-a-half-week uh, kind of window for the players to kind of get, uh, get in shape, uh, get back, build some chemistry, get back into game shape, and ready themselves for the eight-game regular season that is proposed here. And, I mean, we'll see what happens there. And like you said, obviously, definitely a lot of variables uh, still in play and to be figured out. I mean, Adam Silver has been quoted as saying that they're currently in the first inning of this whole thing. I mean, just getting it approved and getting the location in place set. But there's still a lot of variables, like you mentioned, Akshay, uh, what happens when a player tests positive? How often do they do testing? How frequently do they do testing? Uh, do they allow coaches who are over 65 and with underlying conditions on the sideline? Uh, where are all the hotels around the area where the teams are staying? Are families allowed? I mean, from what I've heard initially is that families are not allowed. Uh, what what do they do? I mean, with players, uh, do they have to stay there the whole time? I mean, how do they enforce or police players leaving? Because you know, <laughs> one player at some point is going to leave, right? I mean, exactly. <laughs> no, no. I mean, they have a right to leave. You know, what do they do? Stay in a hotel all, all day and all night long? Yeah. So for I mean, July thirty first to I guess they're saying the last possible date would be October twelfth. So that's a period. Of about two and a half months. So, are are we truly to believe that all the players that are still playing games there throughout the playoffs are not going to leave at any point from that little bubble in Disney World and not go anywhere else, either in Florida or in the rest of the country? I mean, that's no, exactly. yeah, exactly. that's that's a tough one to kind of believe uh, at face value. But I mean, hopefully we can kind of figure out stuff and then also figure out like what's going to go on with the eight-game regular season as far as the scheduling goes because obviously eight teams are not invited. So some of the teams that are invited and are in playoff contention have already clinched playoff spots. Uh, some of those uh, teams that they're slated to play on their schedule won't be invited. So they have to kind of recalibrate that and see uh, what how best to kind of uh, – fit that and all the different permutations and stuff so we'll see we'll obviously get more information as the weeks uh next weeks and month months come along so i mean we'll see what happens with that i mean but then obviously another thing is what happens with this going into next season and do they start off next season like around christmas that's what everyone's saying and then uh, a question to you akshay in regard to this is does this kind of become the new normal going on into uh, uh, future regular seasons? Do they start uh, around Christmas, New Year's, and then kind of drag it on into August, the finals and stuff? Uh, what do you think? I mean, is that something the NBA, you, you think, will consider moving forward? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Because if you're starting in, in Christmas time, December, dude, that's like the NBA, that's like the NFL playoffs. 
You yeah, know, our, that's our around the, the end of the regular season for the NFL, yes. So it's like, then you're you're taking the risk of like you having these games, you're the attendance. You, will it be there? I mean, will this will all seats be filled? You know, on the on game days, or will, will people choose to go to bars like they like normally do and watch football games? So I mean, you have to look at that aspect as well. What they may do, and I think one of the things I that you had touched base on with uh, which uh, uh, we, we were talking about uh, how the uh, how the players will be in the hotels and we don't know how long and all that. One thing that came to my mind is that okay, you have teams practicing in the area, and how are you going to stop fans um, like these diehard radical fans, women <laughs> who chase after the players? How are you going to stop them from finding out where they are and? Bombarding that hotel area. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good point. I mean, it's definitely uh, kind of an unwritten, I mean, it's definitely something that's known to everyone pretty much that players engage in, I mean, sexual activities with hookers and stuff. So, uh, are all the hookers going to be flown out to a certain hotel in the area? I mean, it's got to be bound to happen, something like that, right? I mean, something where they meet players in the hotel. I mean, I, I don't know as far as that. I mean, as far as the fans coming onto Disney World properties and stuff, I would imagine they're gonna definitely have security for that. I mean, and not uh, because fans aren't allowed at the games and so forth. But as far as like the the hotels in the area where the teams are gonna be staying, and the players, I mean, at some point are gonna, for sure. I mean, a lot of them are gonna invite girls over to the room, <laughs> and then <laughs> that's definitely a must. I mean. Shout out to Jalen Rose. He always says champagne and campaign. And there's going to be a lot of that. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if they're, yeah. these guys are going to be stuck in Orlando in a little bubble for two and a half months. So. Definitely. And it's also the aspect is that you're staying in a hotel. I mean, this hotel is not going to... Are they going to rent out the hotel, hotel just for the players? Or are they going to um, have other, uh, um, other people... Be able to stay in the hotels? Are they a section off certain parts of the hotel? Place? I would imagine all these hotels around Disney World are going to be specifically for NBA players oh, and pers- right. personnel. I, I would. Im- I'm not. Sh- it hasn't really been announced, but I would imagine that's their plan with being yeah. in Disney World at the Wide World of Sports. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think so. I hope so. It's like that because you don't want to. I mean, who knows? Dude? If you're seeing them in a public hotel, if they're sharing with other random people, come in. And pay for a night or a couple of nights in the hotel. I mean, who's to know if they're sick? I mean, will it be random testing every time? Every time uh, the player goes out or anybody comes in, like the media into the hotel. I mean, I would think that's another thing. There has to be random testing, or there has to be testing whoever comes in and comes out. Yeah, I mean, that hasn't really been mentioned yet, as far as the media being able to go there. I think, from what I heard, uh, maybe a select few are allowed to kind of just be in that bubble. But, I mean, with media members as well, I mean, they have families, they have, I mean, I guess spouses as well. So, they do they actually want to go there for two and a half months? Same kind of dilemma exists with the players. So, I mean, that's another variable to kind of uh, mention. I mean, as far as the, the testing, is it the testing daily? Is it t- twice a day? I mean, how, how frequently do they want to do it? I mean, and, I mean yeah, it's like you mentioned earlier. Um, Earlier, I mean, there's a lot of variables that have not even discussed. I'm sure the NBA probably has has 
have had discussions about these, you know, and they have a plan going forward. But in my mind, it just ultimately comes down to this is coming. I think this is opening up too soon in my mind. I mean, yes, uh, yes, uh, the league wants the players want to get back on the court. The league wants uh, people to come back. They want more people watching these games. They want more uh, people, um, like, uh, they want more sales. I mean, people buying stuff, purchasing uh, certain things about certain teams for the NBA and so and so. But, I mean, at what point do you, uh, at what point and at what risk are you taking doing all this? You know, I mean, that's uh, up to them, I'm sure to say. <laughs> Is they have their answer to the to all questions, but it, it just seems by I mean, in my honest opinion, it just seems that it's coming too soon. I mean, yes, um, um, I guess I can safely say I'm seeing this for everybody. Is we've been all sports deprived for the last four months. Yes, I mean definitely. I mean selfishly for me, I mean that's the the reason why I wanted to come back. I mean, I've been deprived of sports, watching replays here and there. Watching Sports Center, I guess that's really it. I mean, and uh, I definitely want to see it come back and be able to watch these games, watch them finish their season. But then on the other hand, you bring up a very good point as far as the safety goes and all the logistical stuff and all the variables. As far as is it safe and is it is it going to be safe and are they going to be able to actually go through with it and finish the entire regular season and, and the playoffs as well, so... Exactly, exactly. That's that we don't know about. We don't know, and uh, I mean, who knows? We'll have a clue. You know what's going to really happen. You know, even uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting. And it's like I said, I've been deprived of sports. Uh, I would love to see it back. Uh, I'd be happy to see it back. It's, it gives me some sort of joy in life, <laughs> watching sports. And it's uh, but you know, I I hope all the precautions are looked at before they even think about even opening up anything. Yeah, I mean, definitely at this point it's approved. I mean, and then they're figuring out all the different variables that we kind of mentioned as far as testing, hotels, uh, what happens if someone tests positive, uh, coaches over 65, uh, personnel over 65, people with underlying conditions. So that's all stuff that's going to be figured out and the rest of this month of June. And hopefully they can come to rational uh, reasonable agreements with all that stuff and I guess another point I kind of want to discuss in, in, in getting back to kind of the the reshifting of the NBA season and the kind of the NBA calendar is if they reshift it to a kind of a Christmas New Year start date wh- what does that kind of do as far as uh, the Summer Olympic Games go which for 2021 have been pushed back for 2020 they've been pushed back to 2021 in tokyo so if you push back kind of the the season and kind of reshift and recalibrate the nba calendar what does that do for the u.s olympic team uh, that plays basketball and the other um kind of uh countries that have players that are in the nba their national teams how does that affect that as far as their uh time and preparation to get ready for that and then their willingness to kind of go straight into that right after a regular season or the end of NBA playoffs. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I mean, I, I totally agree with that. And I don't think other, I mean, the Summer Olympics, it's, uh, trust me, the Olympics have been going on for years. And I think um, at NBA, uh, 
season, they can definitely win. I, I, I don't put the NBA higher than the Olympics. Uh, the Olympics have been going on here way before the NBA even, even, even began. So it's like, it's, 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 I mean, those things have to be looked at, you know, I mean, you definitely have to look at those things, especially with players and whatnot, you know, it, there's a, there's, I mean, there are uh, things that, uh, that I'm sure they've looked at, um, but uh, I mean, like, one thing that I came out, I mean, I'm just curious to see how they're going to do this, and I mean, uh, are they going to keep the players um, in the hotels, and, and not allow, I would think that they're not going to allow family to come in. Yeah, I mean, that's the initial thing from what I hear is families are not allowed to be at that those facilities. So the players are going to have to be away from their families for two and a half months. Exactly. How is that going to work, especially you have a newborn child or you have children? You can't spend them for two and a half months. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys in here have a lot of, like, young children. I mean, from... Chris Paul, like LeBron James, to a lot of other guys, I mean, in the league, Draymond Green, I mean, so, uh, but it's a lot of variables in place, and a lot of stuff still to be figured out, but I guess, before we kind of get into that, let's kind of, like, get into now, kind of the current standing, so, obviously, the eight-game regular season for the East, you have uh, six teams that have already, like, clinched playoff spots, the only way... Another possible wrinkle to this proposed plan is that there's a possible play-in a scenario for the uh, the eighth seed, and that only takes place if uh, the teams that are at nine and ten are within four games of that eight seed. So there's a possible two-game play-in. So in the East, that would only occur if Washington gets within four games of Orlando. Or if Brooklyn ends up in the eight seed, four games of Brooklyn, and then currently, Orlando is at thirty and thirty-five. Brooklyn is at thirty and thirty-four in the seventh seed, and then Washington, at twenty-four and forty, five and a half games back of Orlando. So I mean, it kind of begs the question: Should Washington really have been even invited in the first place? Because they got to make up five and a half games in an eight-game regular season, <laughs> and that's. And the only way I I guess they can do that is if they go like seven and one, six and two, and then Orlando on the flip side goes like two and six, one and seven, right? So it's a yeah. lot of games to make up, and it's uh, it's you got to beg the question for Washington. I mean, do you really even want to be there? Do you need to be there? And then why the hell were were they included in this twenty two team proposal to return? Because even at as it is, they probably weren't make gonna make the playoffs for sure, so <laughs> No, exactly, exactly. I mean there's so many different things here. I don't I don't understand um, how they're thinking all this. I I don't I mean a lot of things I haven't really thought about. I mean how they're gonna do this or well not but it just seems to be it's a very complicated process and it's uh um I mean it, uh, I'm sure they had their reasons for doing what they did with picking the teams and so-and-so, but it's like an eight-game regular season. And then it's, uh, I'm the uh, I'm under the impression that the games are going to be played probably every other day, I would think, um, because they want to get it done as soon as possible, right, and then go to the playoffs. Well, I guess the regular season, from what I hear, the plan is to have six six games a day, from what I hear. 
Okay. So five to six every day. So you could look at 22 teams, right? So that's a maximum of 11 games a day. But I think they probably space that out and then do six and five. And then so that way each team gets a day rest, I guess, in between each of their games. Yeah, I was, that's what I was thinking. And then you look at injuries. I mean, players are bound to get injured. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like going back to the, the 99 season and the 2012 season, right, where we saw a lot of injuries. And then in the 99, we saw the 8th seed and Knicks team go all the way to the finals, right? And then we saw in 2012, we saw a big injury to Derrick Rose. And then, I mean, that's probably something that's going to be go on here. I mean, unfortunately, that's kind of just uh, what's going to happen. I mean, some players, unfortunately, are going to get injured. We hope it's not... <laughs> the top level players because that's can really significantly like shift right. shift a team's right. chance at ultimately winning the championship. So. Right. That's where I'm coming. And then and then you bring the aspect of this dude. It's like players get injured and they need immediate um, medical assistance and they gotta go to the hospital and they're in the hospital with the with, with the general public. You know, and with the whole thing and are they gonna be even allowed back? You know, the coronavirus thing. So there's so many, it's like there's so many variables. Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine they're going to have to have a plan with that with, like, um, the NBA team doctors, and they're going to have to figure something like that. They're going to have to have something on site as far as the medical, like, with the injuries, and then kind of like a, a, a like a self-quarantine site, I would imagine, on, uh, on site at Disney World as well, so. Exactly, exactly. So that's what, uh, also... Uh, we don't, I mean, at this point, we don't know. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, I love to have it back, don't get me wrong, but it seems to me there's a, there's a lot more cons and pros at this point. But then again, it's like, uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the commissioner, so uh, I don't get to make the rules. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. So, I mean, let's get into this Eastern Conference, kind of like the, the minutia of it. So, obviously, Milwaukee at number one, 53 and 12, I... I would imagine they're locked in at the the one seed for sure. Six and a half games up on Toronto. The two seed is at 46 and 18. Your Boston Celtics, the number three seed, nine and a half back of Milwaukee. And then three games back of Toronto for the two seed. But then between four and six, you have Miami at four. And then Indiana and Philadelphia at six. So between those three teams, there's a total of two game separation. So... They're kind of playing for kind of seeding and stuff. So, ultimately, whether they whether or not they play, who they play, kind of in the second round, and I would imagine that they want to avoid Milwaukee as um, as much as they can on, uh, up until the conference finals. So that's kind of an important race for that those eight games that they're going to be playing in Orlando. Yeah. So, Let me see. That's definitely the case, and I, I think game one. Of that, I sort of, I sort of read some of the second schedule. I think game one is that if it gets Milwaukee and he's doing the call with other teams, but they, yeah, I mean they're going to be playing. I mean, there's only a certain amount of teams that they have to play, so they're they're definitely going to end up playing them multiple times. Yeah, so I mean, as far as like the Eastern Conference goes, Milwaukee uh, currently probably is the favorite. I mean. Do you think any any team has a shot to kind of challenge them in the East? I mean, Milwaukee, it seems like, just in the NBA overall, has kind of getting, been getting a little bit of disrespect uh, 
seems like most people are favoring the Lakers and the Clippers as the the favorites to win the title. So, I mean, the odds, I mean, coming back into the season, the Lakers have the best odds to win the title, and then the Clippers are second, and then Milwaukee. So in the Eastern Conference, what's kind of your stance? I mean, who do you think ultimately ends up in the Eastern Conference Finals, and who do you think represents the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals? I mean, the way I look at it right now is probably Milwaukee. I mean, they are a great team. I mean, they have uh, a Giannis, you know. Um, they, I mean, they're a well-to-do all-around team. You know, and I, I, do, I did have them uh, um, going to the finals um, against the Clippers uh, in my prediction before any of this happened. But, uh, um, I mean, let's see what happens. But I, I, I think they're definitely their favorite coming out of the East. Yeah, I mean, my original prediction, I think I had the Sixers and the Clippers in the finals. I mean, and the Sixers have just been an ultimate kind of uh, disappointment this season, sitting at sixth place currently. And then, uh, obviously, for Milwaukee, what I worry about for them in the East, I mean, is Giannis in the playoffs in the regular season, as we saw last season, was a different player. I mean, and he's not a guy that currently has a kind of con- of a consistent jump shot. I mean, kind of similar yeah. to what LeBron was, kind of in his 6th, 7th season, 8th season. So teams are gonna, daring him to take long jumpers. And is that something in down the stretch in tight-knit playoff games uh, when big shots are needed from outside, is that something that he can deliver? And then also, in, in addition to that, similar to the late uh, 2010, 2009 Cavs teams, uh, does he have enough of a supporting cast with Middleton, Bledsoe, and stuff? Are they guys that can create for themselves, create for others, and deliver in big moments? That that's a definitely a question that remains to be seen. And uh, you obviously have other teams. Of you have Toronto, who has both young guys uh, with Siakam and Anobi, and then kind of like their veteran-laden guys with uh, Ibaka, Gasol, uh, what's the other guy, Kyle Lowry, and then. Also, another young guy with Fred Van Vliet, who's going to get paid handsomely when his next contract comes up uh, as a kind of a 3 and D, uh, good defensive point guard type. And, I mean, and then your Boston Celtics, I mean, Jason Tatum has really emerged as well. It's Before that whole thing went down, he's, he was playing really well. And then you obviously got there with J- Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward. And, I mean... They're they're obviously in the mix as well, and then Miami, led by Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo is a most improved player of the year candidate, playing really well. Uh, they're a really feisty team, well coached team, good defensive team. They always come out and play hard. So it's a lot of teams that could kind of uh, come out. But if I had to pick now, I I'd say Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, I'll go with Milwaukee, and I'll I'll say Toronto. And then I'll say Milwaukee wins that series this time around, but in a seven-game series, and they they get to the Giannis gets to his uh, first NBA Finals. Okay, so then let's kind of go now over now the the Western Conference uh, layout. Obviously, Lakers at number one, five and a half games ahead of the Clippers. You can pretty much pencil them in as well as the number one seed going into the playoffs. And I don't think the the Clippers really even care about that. And then they haven't really played in 
like full strength, I mean, ha- have we seen them like really at full strength for more than like five games in the regular season? No, I don't. Well, I, I sort of expected this because if they have any, if you have two superstars coming together and then you have uh, other role players, they all have to mesh. So, I mean, I don't really get to how. Yeah, and then I, with the yeah. injuries to Paul George and then the load management for Kawhi, I mean, who who was noticeably hurt even in last year's playoffs but still played well and kind of uh, staggered his minutes, staggered his, took rest when he needed to. And that's something that <laughs> is, he's kind of been doing his whole career, it seems like. I mean, I saw a stat the other day that I believe Tobias Harris and Kawhi Leonard have entered the league in the same year. And then Tobias Harris has more career points than uh, Kawhi Leonard. So <laughs> yeah. that and that's entirely because of Kawhi's, Injury history and then the load management stuff that he's kind of uh, uh, <laughs> kind of patented in the last couple seasons. So uh, yes. we'll see what happens there. But I mean, the Clippers defensively are a very scary team. When I mean, when you have that lineup together of Shamit, um, Patrick Beverly, uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and then Montrez Harrell at the center, and then I mean, probably that's probably not going to be their. Um, their uh, st- pressure-packed uh, lineup just because they're probably going to have Lou Williams in there instead of Shamit just because he's an uh, offensive playmaker. He can create for himself. He can create for others. And he can make kind of those big shots uh, whenever the Clippers need him, along with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So they'll probably replace uh, him for Shamit in those crunch time situations. But, I mean, going down along the rest of the Western Conference, you have Denver at, at three, Utah at four, Oklahoma City surprisingly at five, Houston at six, and then Dallas and Memphis. So as far as some of like the, the playing games, uh, Portland is at 10. The Pelicans, Portland is at nine, excuse me. The Pelicans are at 10. Sacramento at 11. San Antonio at 12. And Phoenix at number 13. I mean, Phoenix six games out. I mean, this is same kind of argument with the Washington Wizards. Why the hell were they even invited? I mean, because they're not they're not even within that four-game kind of threshold that's required for that playoff, the, the play-in game. And then San Antonio, uh, kind of four games back. I mean, you would imagine they're not really going to make it as well. But then, I mean, there might be where these some of these three other teams who are three and a half games back kind of get within four games. So Memphis uh, just has to kind of go four and four to kind of uh, guarantee themselves to be in that playoff, uh, and they have to win one of those two. So it seems like they're kind of solidified as well for sure. So, and, but we'll see what happens. I mean, if we do see what that uh, scenario where they get within four games, it's only going to happen in the Western Conference, in my opinion. The Eastern Conference not happening for sure, I would say. And then if uh, that does come about, I mean, we would, I personally would want to see Memphis versus New Orleans. You got, obviously, uh, the top two uh, draft picks in John Moran and Zion Williamson and... You have a, a New Orleans team who is kind of getting it together. I mean, since Zion came back and kind of emerging as a better team. And then Memphis on the other side seems like they're going to get back some players as well that were kind of injured before the season was suspended in Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark. So that will be interesting to see if 
the, it ultimately t- comes down. I want to see those two teams in a one-game uh, playoff, and we'll see. I mean, that would be interesting to see <laughs> New Orleans in the eighth seed playing uh, the, the Lakers in that first series. I mean, with all the, the trades that have happened, Anthony Davis going from New Orleans to the Lakers, and then all those young guys on the Lakers going from the Lakers to New Orleans, the young guys like Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. So it'll be interesting to see if that plays out. But I guess as far as the Western Conference goes, Akshay, so you had the Clippers originally. Is that a pick you're still sticking with as far as uh, representing uh, the Western Conference in the finals? Yeah, I saw the Clippers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, before the season was suspended, LeBron had that the run. I mean, it seemed like he was gaining steam on the MVP race uh, behind Giannis. I mean, they beat Milwaukee at home, and then two days later they beat uh, the Clippers. Uh, the first time they beat the Clippers this season, they lost the two previous times. And LeBron was really putting on, I mean, a great performance. I mean, in the, those games uh, leading up to the suspension of the season on March 11th. And uh, I don't know. I mean, the Lakers have been the most consistent team for sure in the Western Conference, and they've really looked good defensively, surprisingly. I mean, obviously, a lot of that is due to Anthony Davis. He's really been the anchor for them in the middle there. And then LeBron, I mean, has played good defensively as well. I mean, we kind of saw some slippage from him. I mean, as he kind of gets up 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 there in age towards the end of his career and towards the tail end of his career. Into in his 17th season, but he's he was absolutely spectacular. Uh, I think 25 points a game, almost eight rebounds and ten and a half assists. I mean, shooting over 50 percent again. And then for the Clippers, uh, we mentioned. I mean, we haven't seen them at full strength, but when they are at full strength, in my opinion, they definitely represent the one of the best teams in the league. And then selfishly, as a guy who grew up in LA and who is now a Clippers fan I mean I wanted to see the kind of the, the Staples Center series I mean in the Western Conference Finals where they play they face off again against each other for the first time in the playoffs and then I mean with uh, the NBA being re- season being relocated to Orlando this is obviously an, a huge advantage for the Clippers right because the Lakers are the de facto popular team in LA they have all the fans I mean even if it's a uh, on the schedule, a Clippers home game, the Lakers uh, fan, their celebrity appearances, their moxie. I mean, this is a Laker town for sure, even though I am a Clipper fan. I mean, and that's definitely something that's not going to change for a while, even if the Clippers do have success. So that's uh, the Clippers definitely, I mean, kind of lucked out in that sense, and that's definitely a huge advantage because with this new format, I mean, home court advantage goes out the window. <laughs> No fans. Everybody's everybody's in a neutral location in Orlando, Florida, and <laughs> so no home court advantage. So that's definitely something that. Yeah, no fans at the game, and then <laughs> this is a huge advantage for the Clippers. I mean, that's definitely uh, something for sure. I think it's the Clippers and Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, and if I had to say right now, I say. Clippers slightly just because I think uh, they are a little slightly better at being able to get the stops down the stretch and I think their defensive lineup their best defensive lineup 
is a little better than the Lakers' uh, ultimate crunch time defensive lineup, and I think that's why I will take the Clippers slightly to represent the Western okay. Conference of the NBA Finals. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't uh, disagree with you there. Yeah, I mean, as far as that being said, I mean, any other teams that you kind of see uh, as far as kind of making some noise? I mean, Utah, obviously devastating for them. They lost Boyan Bogdanovich in this. He's a good uh, three-point shooter for them, stretch four. He spaces the floor for Gobert in the inside and then Donovan Mitchell to get on the inside his, for his mid-range game and then taking it to the basket for layups and such, so... That's uh, a devastating blow for them. And then Houston uh, at number six, I mean, with Harden and Westbrook, I mean, maybe they can make a run. Oklahoma City, surprise team at number five. Who would have thought that they would have a better record at, or as good of a record as Houston after they traded Westbrook for Chris Paul? So, <laughs> so I, I guess with that being said, Akshay, so, I mean, anything else you want to discuss before we sign off for the day? Um, I think I'm good, dude. I think I'm good for now. You know, I mean, uh, um, see, in my mind, there's just a, a lot of what ifs to see what happens, but what's going on in, in, before any of this even happens, you know. But um, I mean, right now, I think it's it's uh, it's going to be discussed. It's going to be uh, contemplated by the NBA, uh, um, the owners, I'm sure, the, um, uh, the management, everybody will get involved. In, and say their two cents, and let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of stuff to be ironed out, figured out in the next month, and we hope uh, they come to rational, reasonable agreements. And I guess with that being said, we'll wrap it up for today. And Akshay, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Uh, thank you, man. Uh, thank you for having me. That's uh, always, uh, always so good coming on your podcast. Yeah, definitely. Great having you. It's great uh, hearing from you and in the for for the last four months. And definitely, we can do this again sometimes. All right, sounds good, man. Sounds like a plan. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys uh, enjoy the NBA season when it comes back. Hopefully, it comes back uh, with uh, nothing going wrong, and hopefully, they are able to get through it. But uh, I won't be back probably for another like two months. Uh, or another like month and a half, I would say. And then we'll discuss kind of the playoff picture and some of the series. Thank you, guys.